0: Hello, I'm John Eldridge, and welcome to the Ransomed Heart audio podcast. For more information on Ransomed Heart Ministries, our resources, and events, please visit us online at www.ransomedheart.com. Friends, welcome back to the Ransomed Heart podcast. I'm John Eldridge here with Craig McConnell. So glad that you're joining in This podcast concludes a series that we've been pursuing over the last um, many weeks on relationship styles of relating what it looks like to love. Last week's loving an evil person, very difficult. Time flew by. Uh, We were shocked that our time was up when when our our producer in the studio was saying, hey, you guys got to wrap this up. And we felt like we were just getting going. So um, if you weren't listening in on last week, we wanted to refer you to – Dan Allender and Tremper Longman's book, Bold Love. Um, today, the last podcast, I want to talk about loving a fool as opposed to an evil person where we were describing an evil person as someone who is consciously and intentionally doing repeated harm, furious or vengeful when confronted. Um, contrast that with a fool who is far more the self-centered, sort of narcissistic individual, absolutely rejects any kind of discipline, hatred of of uh, exposure, understanding. I mean, a fool is someone who is blundering through life, doing damage, as opposed to the evil person who is consciously and intentionally doing it. Um, if you were listening in last week, we were at the top of the recording, we were both laughing about a story we had read in, in the chapter Loving a Fool in Dan's book, and I um, have to read this to you because this will really get the conversation going. Um, what Dan says is, what does it mean to get out of the way of a fool's folly? The essence of love is not foolhardy sacrifice, but judicious, well-planned disruption." The fool must be caught so far out in the open, so obviously violating the relationship that he is forced to take a momentary break, right, in order to pull up his pants after the exposure. Exposure involves forethought, planning, acceptance of the likely loss of relationship that might be temporary or, sadly, long-term. And so here's the story he tells. One woman I know used to endure her husband's rude and abusive humor at social gatherings. After much reflection and thought, she decided to wage a war of love against him. One night at a party, he was on a roll with degrading remarks about women. She finally spoke to the group of men standing around him. She looked in the eyes of one man who had two daughters and said, John, if your daughters were here, would you put up with his rude and unkind remarks? The whole group grew somber and tense. Her husband was furious, but for a moment, quiet. She looked in his eyes and said, I think you at least owe an apology to the men who have daughters, who ought to be offended, and if they are not, are as boorish as you. She had not been harsh. Although she spoke with great strength and conviction, he was mortified and the men who had quietly acquiesced to his foolish machinations were equally silent. She had known for some time that his foolishness and hateful critiques of women surfaced most often in social settings, so she had been prepared to launch her attack of bold love at the party. She had also made prior arrangements for another way home, if she should need it, and had a plan to deal with his rage if he chose to come home that night. She was aware That her, quote, betrayal would be the beginning of the end. It would either lead to increased rage and shaming abuse or to a reformulation of their relationship where he was invited to deal with his extreme harm. React to that, John. Oh, it's just so awesome. (laughs) It's so awesome. I love the courage of that. I love the courage of loving well. I just am so embarrassed by how I don't love I ignore. <laughs> I don't love I avoid. I don't I don't love I mean why am I silent? Why do I you know, in situations where I'm very aware of a fool's sin, I'm very aware of their damage they're either doing to me or to maybe a, a group of people at dinner or to a church and rather than saying something um I just, you know, avoid it, walk away, pray that God would deal with them. And I love her courage. I just love the courage of enough is enough. Not in rage, not in malice. I'm going to expose you, fool, Mm -hmm. so that you have to deal with, what is it? Your arrogance, your self-centeredness. You know, what is it, fool? I mean, a fool is, is so clearly marked by their refusal to look at their own style of relating. I mean, I think that's, you know, fool does damage, um, not because it's intentional and repeated over time like the evil person, but just because they're just choosing not to look at their life, you know, and to offer, to offer exposure is actually love.
1: Yeah. See, I I love the idea of exposing someone. But. For their repentance and for their growth in holiness. It, it doesn't come from a heart that mm. that is looking for exposing that they might be repentant and redeemed. Love the idea of exposing people mm. and, and just kind of shaming them. But when the way she did that, you're talking about someone who puts God before all their most precious relationships. Mm. I choose to live and relate in a way that may make me vulnerable to great loss and disappointment in key relationships here. Yeah. I mean, she's risking it Yeah. To the beginning of the end. Yeah,
0: yeah. And I think this is crucial. I mean, this is certainly true of loving an evil person. But friends, as you, as you think about loving the fools in your life, um, one of the key things, of course, is exposure. Mm-hmm. Um, that are you aware of? You know, David, are you aware of how mean that comment was? Or Judy, are you aware of how shaming your actions are toward our children? You know, first there's exposure. But it's exposure not to judge, condemn, dismiss. Mm -hmm. It's exposure in hopes of repentance. Are you even aware of X, Y, Z? You know, honey, are you aware of how you sulk? at family gatherings when no one when you're not the center of attention are you aware of your sulking sweetheart it's very self-centered you know that's kind of first step with a fool is exposure to their style of relating Um, but then also I think the feeling the consequences of their style of relating that uh, this guy at the party is not only exposed but to begin to feel some consequences of you know the loss of relationship with his wife yes. on those conditions, under that kind of terms, yes. um, no, I'm not doing. It. But also the consequences of their style of relating publicly exposed. Yeah, yeah. I
1: have had some experience in being exposed as a fool mm-hmm. uh, a while back um, when I was particularly foolish in thinking that I could control my world and that if my circumstances were orderly and uh, under control. My internal world would be orderly and in control, and I used to just just nag my wife Lori to death about cleaning up, straightening up, keeping things neat, and um, it just—I I was always frustrated because my internal world was a mess, and so I figured if the house was straight and clean, that would get fixed. And I was always ragging on her, and one day, with enormous strength and insight, John, I remember her saying, "Honey." just as calm and loving as she could. Help me understand how you see the house. Could you take me around the house right now and just show me what bothers you? I'd love to see everything that's out of order or not the way you would like. It would help me understand your heart. And I paused. Okay. Okay. I, her her lack of emotion uh, just disarmed me. And so we start walking around the house. And honestly, Jesus cleaned the house up real quick because I go into the room, John, and I couldn't find anything wrong. And I had to offer this piddly little – well, be nice in the magazines were kind of straightened on the coffee table. I was exposed. There was no substance there was no substance to mm. to me, and and I remember she was just quiet. I was just hanging out there to drive. Mm. I'm making this huge thing, mm. and kind of beating my wife up emotionally with not being a great wife over nothing, over something internal. But I was exposed.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: And that's a horrible
0: feeling. And yet, exposure with an invitation to repentance yeah. to you know back into relationship. It's not exposure with an invitation to being expelled, yes. dismissed, judged, cast out. Condemnation. Which yes. might be the case with an evil person. Right. Where you know exposure to excommunicate is necessary in in abusive situations. But with the fool, they're just you know, they're kind of blundering through life, demanding everyone else accommodate their style of relating. And um to love is to expose, to love is to is to make them feel the consequence of their style of relating. The point that Dan makes is that the fool won't change without pain. Yeah. There's got to be some pain in their life and I mean just recently some some friends were um, dealing with neighbors and these neighbors kind of had a very belligerent way of relating and you know they would just dominate conversations and if you invited them over for dinner you know they'd stay for hours way past their welcome and you know, and, and the conversations always about themselves and mocking, just such mockery of other people's beliefs, values. I mean, I'll put sort of mild uh, chauvinism, racism in the category of the fool. I'd put severe in the category of evil. But just just a belligerence and arrogance, and you know, to say to them, um, actually, this will be our last time to get together. Here's our experience of relating to you. Here's what it's like to be in your presence. We find you very humiliating, very self-centered. We love to continue to be good neighbors and friends. But actually, we we won't be having you over again until you're willing to talk about the effect of the way that you relate to people. Wow. So loving. Yeah. So loving. And, of course, the shock, the embarrassment. and, And you may be met by Rage. You may be you – know, with a fool, it's almost guaranteed there'll be some level of immediate defensiveness, immediately explaining away and kind of holding your ground, making them feel the pain of the consequence of their style of relating. They've yeah. got to feel the pain of it or the fool has absolutely no intention mm-hmm. of repenting. I think one of the
1: core beliefs of a fool is this belief that life can be comfortable predictable, controlled, that we can have heaven on earth, mm-hmm. isn't it? That, mm-hmm. Isn't that the root of this selfishness? Mm-hmm. and the, mm-hmm. Isn't it the insistence mm-hmm. that my world function the way I determine or
0: want or believe? Bingo. Bingo. And when you don't comply, oh, baby, you know, you feel that in the life of a fool, you know, their readiness to dismiss you or bully you into cooperation to make their life
1: work. What strikes me as tough about this, John, is, you know, an evil person is a little more easily to recognize, exactly. but the fool, these could be subtle things, just the, just, you know, it's you and me, it's churchgoers, it's the pastor with some core belief that, that justifies being so self-centered and, mm. and uh, not taking any responsibility for actions.
0: I think that we assume that a lack of self-awareness is excusable, In people. Hmm. Um, And friends, what we're saying is, no, it's not. The fool justifies their lack of self-awareness and it's what allows them to kind of blunder through, you know, be the bull in the china shop. Um, But a lack of self-awareness is not excusable. Um, not according to the scriptures, right? Mm-hmm. Look in your own eye before you try and remove the log in and others and, mm-hmm. and all of that. You know, That to invite a fool to become self-aware. Mm-hmm. Are you aware of the effect of that comment tonight? Are you aware of your way of handling money with me and the family? Are you aware, you know, to, to show them, look, um, I invite you to self-awareness as your way of repenting. Mm -hmm. Huge, just huge. And again, I mean, we're out of time and so much more to say. Um, We do want to encourage you to read Bold Love by Dan Allender and Trumper Longman. But, Craig, you had some thoughts maybe as we wrap up this whole series that I thought would be really good.
1: Yeah, John, just a couple things as we bring this in for a landing is it it seems like it's it's prudent to recognize that – Life, this side of the fullness of the kingdom, this side of heaven, is inevitably going to involve disappointment in relationships.
0: In any relationship.
1: Yes. With your closest, most intimate to uh, the people out there on on the street, you will be disappointed. Children you that you love pain.
0: and adore, there will be disappointment.
1: Mm-hmm. Fools are inevitable. They can't be avoided right. or predicted and... Uh, stepped around, and so is evil. Mm. It's inevitable in mm. relationships mm. and in this world. And I I think the healthy, the um, person walking with God um, acknowledges the pain, the hurt, the wounding, the realities of life and relationship, and doesn't withdraw, neglect, disengage, nor do they react in anger, spite, control, and nagging. But there's there's this path of walking with Christ where I love. I may not enjoy you, but I the command to love is true, guides my life. And the blessing of pleasure, the blessing of, um, of enjoying you, it's that. It's a blessing. It's an ad. It's gravy. We're called to love.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And ultimately, it comes down to what kind of person do I want to be, mm-hmm. a loving person, or one who just kind of responds and rebounds and reacts to those around me.
0: I want to be that person, and I want to share the fruit of this series for me in two very practical ways. Um, One, in relating to my children. Um, I have adult sons now, and it's different than when they were young, and it takes a, a higher level of intentionality Allowing and honoring for their adulthood, but also not backing down when some things need to be said that might mm-hmm. be awkward that might create tension and I just think um I, I just too often I choose the easiest route in relationship instead of the loving route. Another example would be in an email to a difficult person this week and I wrote um, one email, and it was just—it was just passive. It was just dismissive. It was how can I get out of this communication as quickly and easily as possible? Just overlook things, and and, and then I just felt like no, that's who's that helping, John? What's that? What's that done for anyone? And and uh, went back, rewrote the email, um, not in anger, not in, in judging, but just with a much more conscious awareness of. I'm going to love better here. I'm going to handle this with more cunning, um, Mm. but I'm also going to handle this with much more intention than just kind of duck and run (laughs) approach to to things like that. So we hope this has had fruit in your life, friends. Thanks so much for listening in. As you know, so much more to offer you on our website at ransomedheart.com or on our Facebook page as well. You've been listening to John Eldridge and Craig McConnell. And with this, we conclude our series on relationships.